All right, you guys. Thanks so much for showing up for today's live cast. Uh, if you're if you're new here, this is Sacred Anarchy Live. We go live every single Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an in-depth discussion about what sacred anarchy is, which we truly know that this is the solution for creating a new world. So if you're new here, I want to definitely recommend that you join the Sacred Anarchy Mystery School, where you can access all of the archives of the live cast that we've done over the last gosh, almost two months now. And that's absolutely free to join us there. So uh, we'll be giving you guys some information on how to set up a mystery school account at the very end of today's live cast. Uh, we have got an awesome live cast today and I want to make sure I give a warm welcome to hello everybody, my counterpart here, Chad. Awesome. So Today, we are going to be getting into the divine mind. So if you have been wondering where we're headed in this series is really to bring us back into harmony. And harmony is truly an inside job. And when you understand the harmony that we're talking about, which is the masculine and feminine energy that exists within us all, then it's going to be a lot easier to begin to repair it. I'm going to be talking about the divine mind and you have a divine mind. And when you understand the principles that make up this mind, all of a sudden you've got some infrastructure or a framework in which to start maybe self-diagnosing yourself. So let's go ahead and get into uh, episode or live cast number seven on the divine mind. All right. So we as individuals have obviously a left brain and a right brain. Each part of the brain represents a feminine side and a masculine side. This is within an, in every individual. This isn't a sexual gender thing. This isn't uh, purely a psychological makeup of us as a whole individual. Your left brain is your, your masculine side. It controls your right side of your body. It masters the analytical thinking, math, science, language, reasoning, logic, practical uh, thinking, order, and control. Whereas the right brain is your feminine side of your brain. It's your unconscious uh, part, you know, unconscious control of your, of your body and your mind. It's, it, it rules over emotional intelligence, creativity, intuition, expression, imagination, empathy, compassion and risk taking. Okay, so this is a great place to begin our conversation because what we have discovered over the last six live casts is we are truly living in a left brain dominant world, meaning that there is a favoritism that has taken place in the education system, which I'm sure you can guess because the creative arts using your intuition that has been left out of the curriculum. So we are basically living amongst 
a society that has been literally programmed in their mind, the mind controlled to be left brain dominant. So it favors those who are analytical, that are all about science, you know, needing that proof, um, using language, logic. You know, we see this a lot in marketing. You know, for those of you guys who are on social media and you see ads everywhere, they're always leaning in with this left brain tactic of appealing to those with language, you know, using these buzzwords to get people to take an action. So that is because the majority of people are left brain imbalanced. That means that they are imbalanced in their divine mind. They are lacking that feminine right brain activity. So you're going to see that maybe even in your own behaviors that you are making a lot of decisions using this left brain. And what we're going to be discussing and the importance of the feminine is that when you start to flex this other side of your brain, which is going to feel a little challenging if you are truly left brain in dominant, dominant, um, is going to feel a little odd. You know, it might even feel a little woo woo, right? So thoughts on this, Chad. Well, to echo what you're saying about the, the present, the present day, I'm the, the, you know, we were bombarded with the idea of the, the war of the sexes and mm. feminism versus masculinism, masculinism. It's, it's, always portrayed to us as one side has to be the victor. Mm -hmm. There has to be a hierarchy of like male domination or female domination. And what I witness, you know, what, what you just said is, is, is there's a, a, even though we're seeing like this war on toxic masculinity uh, is a buzzword that's brought up like constantly these days. I still see that the overall, the, the feminine, side of the individual is really what's under attack you know the 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 imagine the, the the imagination the creative potential the you know being empathetic you know what's the the constant meme i see floating around like fuck your feelings like it's 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 uh creating an even more left brain dominant society that's more aggressive mm -hmm. less compassionate okay with you know, the most atrocious of human actions from war, murder, execution. And somehow that has been logically acceptable. Um, that is the reasoning. And again, going back to these words, you can see exactly why that is. So what we're going to be presenting in these slides is really just how powerful the unconscious mind is. So I added a, a quote from a personal <laughs> hero of mine, uh, Brian Eno, famous musician, producer, um, some of the most amazing records of all time. Uh, Brian says, control and surrender have, have to be kept in balance. That's what surfers do. Take control of the situation, then be carried, mm. then take control. So constant ebb and flow. In the last few thousand years, we've become incredibly adept technically. We've treasured the controlling part of ourselves and neglected the surrendering part. Mm. And we're going to 
That is, I just want to take that in for a minute. This is, wow, control and carried. If we just use those two words, the two C's, you guys, the carbon copy, but we're going to change it to control and carry, that we want to use both. We want to have a masterful structure and order and logic, but then we want to also have those moments of being carried you know, surrendering to the process without the need to control. I mean, anybody that has like control issues, that should be your first sign of a left brain dominant um, divine mind. So this is where I think we're going to see just how this is so beautiful. I love this quote. The person, the person that is unable to, to control themselves within project control onto everyone else because that's the only way they think they can get that. And I, f- I find that the, the suppression of, of the feminine and it is a major part of the programming of the population of mind control to control people from within because they don't, they don't take the time to explore it themselves. Or to honor, yeah, to honor the, the feminine aspect of themselves. What is the feminine unconscious mm. mind? <laughs> uh, so maybe you've heard, maybe not, but science, good old science, uh, <laughs> estimates that 95, 90 to 95% of our brain activity is unconscious, mm. meaning that the majority of the decisions we make, the actions we take, our emotions and behaviors depend on the 95 90 to 95% of the brain activity that lies beyond conscious awareness. It's, it's what's pushing you, pulling you to do things that you're not even thinking of. Wow. Think about that for a second, you guys, if everything is in the unconscious and there, and that is the majority of the behaviors and activities that are propelling us to do anything at any given time. This is why I brought up the marketing Uh, example from the last slide, because marketing knows that the unconscious has been programmed to think in this logical left brain way. So as long as it can appeal to that, it can get people to take an action. So I am, you know, been studying marketing for a long time. Obviously, I help people build their movements and lead fifth dimensional brands. But this idea of falling trap to those marketing antics keeps your divine mind imbalanced. So you are not actually utilizing the full capacity. Your, your, your consciousness is not in harmony. So this is why, you know, to break the mold, to break these patterns that have been indoctrinated into us is going to require conscious effort. <laughs> How about unconscious effort? I think that I missed that for sure. <laughs> and to 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 add on to what you're saying, if if you aren't taking the time to make yourself whole consciously and unconsciously, someone else is going to fill in mm-hmm. that that hole where your unconsciousness lies and fill it with the suggestions for you to. And that's how we do got what here. They want so. That's why Not we have a left brain well. dominant world because it's we've been programmed to be left brain, brain dominant and then everything else is to appeal to that that part of the mind. So the unconscious mind takes everything literally. 
It does not differentiate between negative and positive. It doesn't understand sarcasm. The subconscious mind is subjective. It doesn't think or reason independently. It obeys com the commands it receives from your conscious mind. So if you are filling your conscious mind with self-defeating language and poisoned worldview of everything around you, your subconscious is going to slowly take on that negativity and, you know, just lie dormant and, and bubble up to the surface when, when you least expect it. Uh, which is why you guys will see, you know, in my entire Instagram, um, posts and in my stories, I'm always communicating with your unconscious mind. Yes, I'm using language, but I'm also using symbols. I'm using mandalas. I'm communicating um, through symbols to bring your brain, to bring your mind back into harmony. So the things that we're watching, like on television, they have symbols, symbols that have been charged. You know, we can even, for example, think about the swastika. Everyone who sees the swastika has an emotional charge because it has that specific symbol has been charged to represent what happened in Nazi Germany. But if you actually go back to ancient history, the swastika is an ancient symbol of the sun, the rays spinning. But because our unconscious mind has been programmed with that specific symbol to mean that, we have a reaction, we have a behavior, we have a, an actual emotional response to it. That is how powerful symbols are. And so it is up to us to begin this process of reprogram. So uh, lastly, the subconscious mind is constantly focused on the present moment. It's your conscious mind that thinks in the terms of the past and the future rather than the present. Your mind that's always wandering of what you could have done in the past or what you'd like to do in the future subconscious mind doesn't understand that your subconscious is firmly rooted in the now it it doesn't have any differentiation of over time that your your memories are you know i really love this graphic that you chose here because this this iceberg and we think that you know the things that we see on the top of the you know of the waters is very minuscule compared to the vast matter that lives below the surface that is not being honored because guess what? It's the invisible. This is what I call the night side. And this is where we have to go swimming, right? I've called this night swimming, swimming in the murky waters of the darkness. Um, this concept of being afraid of the dark, you know, as children, why is that so? Why did from just a young child being afraid of the dark, that was a program. That was the beginning of fearing the feminine unconscious mind, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Ancient cultures were very much rooted in uh, the, the feminine mind. They were much more uh, holistic in their approach to life. They didn't have written languages, but they had the ability to create art on uh you know ancient you know 30,000 year old cave paintings um they spent you know lives just staring at the night sky mm -hmm. you know they they didn't have this completely technologically driven uh 
you know, world that we exist in today. We're going to get into that more. Now, so speaking of the ancient cultures, this is just a few of them um, that embrace the feminine uh, through their worship. Uh, Sumerians uh, worshipped Ishtar, Inanna, a goddess who embodied sensuality, love, fertility, courage, and war. She was the daughter of the moon and sister of the sun. Uh, Egypt had Isis, wife of Osiris, the mother of Horus. Her followers believed that she was the queen of the universe. Could you imagine a society today if we had a queen of the universe? I mean, there isn't even a mention of a, a female that's in any kind of right. powerful position. Uh, Newt, also from Egypt, uh, was the ancient Egyptian sky goddess, granddaughter of the sun, sun god Ra. She was personified both the sky and the heavens and the mother of Set, Osiris, and Isis. Um, and lastly, the, uh, many Native American tribes um, were, were more uh, matriarchal and holarchal in structure. Um, not matriarchal in the sense that like women controlled the tribes. It was more... Uh, more <laughs> Cadence. We got three pups going on in the background here. <laughs> uh, more that the the women and the men shared very uh, balanced, important parts of the society. Uh, ancient Iroquois Mohawk Indians, the women were the landowners. They held all the agriculture. The men were the ones that would hunt and would have to go to their uh, council meetings in the Iroquois Confederacy to... Um, discuss the the politics or the of of the land um it was very very much rooted in in ancient societies that women women were on the same level as men if not above because they have the the power of of creation they actually were the birthing mothers you know we can see this we can see this very obviously in astrology and tarot. So in astrology, we've got the 12 signs of the zodiac. And if you look at all of the symbols of each of those uh, the zodiac signs, you will see that there is only one sign that is feminine, or at least has a feminine uh, archetype attached to it, which is the sign of Virgo or the Virgin. However, if you go back far enough to learn ancient astrology, Egyptian astrology, uh, the you know the Druidics uh, traditions, especially the the Book of Life or the Tarot, if you look at the Tarot specifically the Major Arcana, you're going to see that there's not one feminine archetype in the zodiac. In fact, the um, Temperance which is Sagittarius or the star, which is Aquarius. Those are feminine cards. If you look at the images, they are of women. 
So many things have changed in our culture, even ancient occult studies, ancient wisdom teachings that have been changed to be male dominant, to program the minds of us to value the more masculine brain. So you're going to see that there's been a lot of twists and turns over the years. But if we go back to the ancients, we're going to find some more truths that are missing in today's education, specifically in these ancient arts. Where did the, where did this start to slip? Where did the, 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 the goddess, the mother um, start to take a back seat to the masculine and through our research, we find that uh, it was the rise of the solar cult, the, the solar male deity. Um, 1349 BC, the Egyptian um, solar cult religion of Atonism was instituted by King Akhenaten. This was the first monotheistic solar cult. It wiped out the pantheon of of gods and goddesses that Egypt had been worshiping for, you know, 5,000 years prior, um, Akhenaten figured out that if he consolidated his power into one solar god, one solar male deity, mm-hmm. he was he could put himself as being the mouthpiece for the one deity. So the monotheism created a mono power structure, making all people loyal to just one person. Uh, to achieve this, Akhenaten forced all the images and names of all other gods and goddesses removed and all of their temples destroyed. And for those that are followers of Abrahamic religions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, um, you might know that the second commandment is make unto thee no other graven images. So no other gods are allowed, only only Aten. In 1500 BC, there were hundreds of goddess-based lunar sects enveloping the Mediterranean basin. So hundreds of groups of people that worshipped the the goddess and the moon. And by the 5th century AD, post-implementation of all the major monotheistic religions we have today, almost all of the lunar-based goddess religions were eradicated, completely wiped off the face of the planet. And for those of you guys who are subscribers to the Rise of Sophia Library or the Inner Temple Magic Academy, you know, in the the Great Rebirth series, I cover this extensively. The uh, what was the the cult, the great, the big cult merger um, of the lunar stellar. Saturnian and solar cults. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, these cults that, you know, even the terminology has been tainted to think about the word cult has this very um, dark uh, connotation, but it wasn't like that. You know, think about, you know, not having all the technology we have today and we have all this time on our hands to literally be obsessed with nature to because at the end of the day we are nature we are part of this uh beautiful mother planet mother gaia and so they would spend all their time you know studying the stars being one with nature you know traveling up the mountains and hills which were these sacred places and it wasn't just women 
right? I think we have this idea that these goddess or these lunar cults were these all, they were all females, but in fact, it was just associated with the feminine energies that live within all of man. So, um, and it's very interesting to study our ancient origins. I do encourage anyone who is interested in this specific part of the presentation to check out the Great Rebirth series. Yeah, I might just add that this this takeover of, of Akhenaten in Egypt was not a, a pretty sight. He did it with military force, with lots of violence, um, and got exiled. In a very, yeah, in a very in a very peaceful, like holistic society. He ruled for 17 years and then eventually he was evicted. He was exiled from Egypt. And this is why some scholars, some alternative researchers today say that Akhenaten's exodus from Egypt is actually the story of Moses in the Old Testament. And that Akhenaten is Moses, is the biblical Moses, or was Moses' close confidant? Well, and Freud wrote that book. Yeah, Moses, Moses monotheism. and monotheism, which potentially yeah, one, got him killed. One of his last uh, last works. Moving on. <laughs> so some uh, some other scholars, uh, Leonard Schlein wrote in the Alphabet versus the Goddess, um, the Babylonians elevated to the supreme position a god who had conquered and then mutilated a goddess. Patriarchy is the dominant theme in Hammurabi's code. Sons are commanded to obey their fathers, not their mothers, which is, from my upbringing, very similar to to biblical scripture. Um, You know, this is just another example of an ancient culture making the the shift from, you know, having a, a divine feminine presence in their creation stories and, and, their deities into a purely uh, left brain, solar, masculine, Mm -hmm. dominant society. You know, it's just, it's easy to control a person when they're imbalanced. It's, you know, it's easy to get what you want out of somebody if they don't know any other way, they don't know any better. And so this idea of self-diagnosis, of really looking at your own behaviors, you know, are you connected to your intuition? Can you create pictures in your mind? You know, this is one of the big challenges, I think, in the um, the manifestation world is some people like cannot visualize they cannot they can't create these pictures in their mind and so this these are clues that this part of your mind needs to be flexed like just like any muscle in your body it's not going to get tone unless you flex it so you know start embracing the right mind and start flexing that muscle and just by doing that you start to create a more integrated feeling within yourself. And that alone is how you you know, illuminate what I call your Sophia light. And that's how you become this electromagnetic being. So anything that you do want to call into your life, it literally feels effortless because you're whole. So this is a, you know, there's many reasons why you know having a harm harmony within the divine mind is gonna benefit every area of your life. 
it's another foundational, um, you know, intelligence mm. from our our founding uh, <laughs> our founding culture of Greece. Um, Aristotle says the male is by nature superior and the female inferior, and the one rules the other, and one the other is ruled. This principle of necessity extends to all mankind. So wow. West, the Western world is based on, um, you know, Greeks, uh, self-governance and democracy. And so here is one of the scholars of ancient Greece, like laying down the, the hammer that women are just inferior and they just have to handle, they just have to take that. It's just a, a, a rule of mankind. And, and, you know, even though this is very literal with the gender, you know, if you read the esoteric um, version of this quote, what you're going to read is the masculine mind is by nature higher on the hierarchical scale than the feminine mind is. So you're seeing how just in this statement, if we really start to dissect the exoteric and the esoteric version of this quote, it's telling you that there's a hierarchy, that there is a something, something or someone above you. And that right there is already showing his left brain dominance and his imbalance in his own psychology. And this is a, a brilliant thinker. <laughs> Damn you, Aristotle. So our buddy Eric Fromm um, says that the document that most powerfully exemplifies an extremely male patriarchy attitude is the Old Testament. It is not surprising that the subject of productiveness, the creation itself, also finds an extreme male solution in its pages. The reason why the Old Testament exhibits such a one-sided male character is that as the primary text of J Jewish monotheism, it represents a male victory over female deities, over the matriarchal remnants in the social structures. The Old Testament is the triumphal hymn of the victorious male, a song of victory commemorating the destruction of all traces of the matriarchy in religion and society. Wow. So just reading the Old Testament, you're getting a, a good dose of left brain programming. We figured that, you know, for thousands of years prior, these civilizations were both worshiping the sun and the moon. They understood their conscious and unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. Everything played an important role in their existence. And then all of a sudden, this new idea comes along and it, it's just all male dominated. It's all it's all meant to control for the masses, you know, just just for the power of a select few. It's not that all men dominate, you know, were well off in these systems. It's really just a a, a a few people that had the power, but it's really a psychological stronghold upon the, the greater masses because they're all in this you know, have this bullshit idea of the world itself, which is really rooted in nothing. 
you know, the sun. <laughs> and this kind of goes back to the the four ancient cults and allowing us all to explore the things that illuminate us and then to share that knowledge. And this is not to say that the sun, the solar energies, the masculine energy doesn't provide so much light and wisdom and strength. That is exactly what the metaphor of the solar energy uh, represents. But to balance it out, we also have to bring in those other features, right? Like the moon, like the stars, like the other um, beautiful symbols that this universe has in store for us. So anyway, let's keep going here. So symbolically, uh, Nick, Nicholas Copernicus displaced Mother Earth from the center of the universe and replaced her with Father Son. So up until Copernicus, the 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 earth was the center of everyone's universe and all the planets rotated around the earth. And he says, Nope, it's all about the sun now. So just further uh, ripping people some, you know, symbolically away from the mother even more. Exactly. There are so many, exactly. I mean, that's the esoteric version of this statement. That the, that the solar energy is above the earth, the mother energy. It, you know, and we don't, we, we kind of take this like with a grain of salt. And I don't think we understand because of the unconscious mind would take this literally, right? Because the subconscious, the unconscious waters is allowing the, um, the masculine. So think about for those of you guys who uh, work with the tarot. Uh, the lover's card is coming to mind. You know, we've got this naked feminine and then we've got this naked man. And it is the masculine who is taking the actions, but it is the feminine who has the connection with the divine, right? That's the the difference here. So any command, right? And this is why I think, you know, women get upset to say, oh, I'll, I'll never obey a man, but this is metaphorical. If you think about the, the, the masculine feminine energies, the masculine creates the command and the feminine energy obeys. So if the masculine energy is saying one thing, then the feminine is going to be like, okay, that's the truth. Cool. I'll go ahead and let the divine know that that's what you want to call in. So we have to make sure that the masculine is healthy so that the commands that he's giving to the feminine, that she's able to process that information and be like, okay, I think I understand what you're saying. I'll relay that to the universe and then we'll call this in together. So this is truly a team effort to manifest the things that you say that you want. And if you're not living the life or have that which you desire, the first place to look is your mind. Eric Newman says, uh, any development at any stage that strives towards patriarchal consciousness toward the sun looks on the moon spirit as the spirit of regression, as the terrible mother, as a witch. So again, a, a, a look at, you know, our, our present, present world and the complete 
not just like the the feminine taking like a second seat like you know being in the passenger side it's like it's bad it's it's like the destruction of the feminine it's the you know if you are a a, a strong you know feminine uh person then you are you know you are the you are the witch you and you should be treated as such okay so so this right here i don't really i don't ever use the word witch because for me it's it's associated with uh demeaning the feminine principle and i don't just mean the the gender of female so what they've done in our unconscious mind is programmed us to see the feminine energy within us, not just the females out there, but the feminine energy with us to be quote unquote demonized. Okay. There's another word. I talk about this in the sacred anarchy book that I just had published, um, that there's an egregore there that the word demon that has to do with the underworld. What is the underworld? The underworld is the unconscious. So just the word demon alone, which has got this egregore, it's got this, you know, uh, mind, this group think attached to it. So anytime we hear the word demon, we automatically think, you know, like similar to the swastika, we think that it's negative because it's pro that's how programmed society is to that left brain that they've demonized. They've even taken the word demon and made it ugly. They've made it something to um, move away from. It's dirty, it's evil. And what it's done is it's taken the feminine energies within us and made it feel bad. So things like the word witch or Lilith, which we're gonna talk about, these are words that have these stereotypes attached to them purposely. The rise of masculine power and of patriarchal society probably started when man began to accumulate personal as over communal property and found that his personal strength and prowess could increase his possessions. This change in secular power coincided with the rise of sun worship under a male priesthood. Sun worship was usually introduced and established by an edict of a military dictator, as it happened in Babylon and Egypt, and probably other countries as well. So again, riding the, the control of the people's minds, consolidating power into a singular uh, solar deity, with you being its intermediary to the people allowed you to have more control over more people. And that would give you more, more possessions, more, you know, more land, more riches, you know? So look at the, look at the churches and in our societies, look at the, the churches we've seen, you know, elaborate, castle-like structures with gold and stained glass windows and goblets and well it's taught it's changed our value system because we've moved away from our natural 
abilities, our natural psychic abilities, intuitive, higher faculties, if you will. It's moved us away from that so that now our values, right? Money, which could go into a whole subject, which I'm sure we will eventually, has all money, moony, that's the feminine, but now it's worship from the solar energy. I mean, it's a whole mind fuck. <laughs> but, um, but what I want to say here is that this part of this quote where he's talking about, um, okay, from when man began to accumulate personal over communal property. Okay. So the word personal and the word communal, when we make our objectives in life solely personal, meaning like, I want to work on myself because I want to have this, or I feel this way and that's what matters. You know, when we only make it personal, we are neglecting the feminine energy within us. So when we start to uh, train our minds to make um, collective objectives, to make collective goals, gosh, I don't want this just for me. I want this for everyone. You know, when we start to come from that energy genuinely, right? Then we start to flex that feminine unconscious mind. And we're not taught to do this. We're taught to more for me. How much money can I make every month? What can I accumulate? When we move away from that, we get closer to our natural state. Yeah, we already established that the feminine side of your your uh your being is the empathetic side it's the compassionate side so the communal aspect of uh ancient societies that were holistic in nature and understood the feminine and the masculine that was their natural state so for them to actually have to to leave that natural state they had to be uh they had to be physically threatened with violence mm -hmm. from a military, you know, fr from the edict from the king or the pharaoh or whatever, from, you know, militarily to believe in the solar deity or you and your family will, will experience harm to death, you know, maiming. Like this, this idea did not spread naturally. It's a wow. very mm -hmm. unnatural you know, way to view the world and to live. I mean, think about, I have to always relate this to marketing. I just can't help myself, but like using those manipulative, you know, marketing tactics, the scarcity tactics or using force, right? Those are all symptoms of this left brain dominant world in which we live in. And it's everywhere. It's not just in marketing. This is just one example, but fear is, you know, it's coming from ancestrally, it's coming from this ancient history where we weren't allowed to worship the moon or, you know, for one example. And instead we would, we were forced through fear that if we didn't take on this solar deity as our one, then we would be hung to death or hunted down or whatever. So they, they, inv they, programmed us to be afraid one to be our individual self okay that's pretty obvious but two to suppress the intuitive natural abilities that we all have which is why they had to use force because intuitively the people that were rejecting that were like 
I don't want that, but I guess I, it's either my life will be, you know, sacrificed or I'm going to have to like play along with this. And so that has been, you know, set into our collective unconscious where we're all, whether we, you know, participate in religion or not, it doesn't even matter. It's in our collective unconscious. You see? Yeah, we're thousands of years down this experiment. So Eric Fromm again, uh, the thought that the male can create living beings himself with his mouth, through his word, out of his spirit, <laughs> is the most unnatural fantasy conceivable. It denies all experience, all reality, every natural condition. It disregards all the laws of nature in order to attain the one goal of presenting the male as the ability uh, as the perfect, oh, sorry, <laughs> as the perfect being per se, who possesses the ability, life appears to have denied him the ability to give birth. So the first act of creation is the birth of light and light is always and everywhere a symbol of male principle. However, if you study the Kabbalah, uh, light was not the first creation. It comes from Ein, which is the absence of light, not darkness. And so there's always been something that comes before light. But again, unless you study the mystery teachings or understand the esoteric teaching behind what we are taught in science, you're not going to have this kind of awareness. So again, just by studying the mystery teachings, right? The mystery schools, like the things we're doing in the Sacred Anarchy Mystery School, even the short little lessons I'm doing on Instagram, mystery teachings, the word mystery comes from mi mistress. And that this mistress, just like Lilith and the witch, right? We've got this connotation of this like mistress, like this, you know, um, slutty girl or whatever, but mistress and mystery, this is the feminine. So again, it's been perverted. So just by learning and studying the mystery teachings, you are learning your, about your unconscious mind, whether you know so or not. You know, what's Eric saying here, it makes perfect sense. We see, you know, thousands of years of just unrest in the human species, like especially in the last 100, 100 years, 120 years, like the most violent um, years on the planet's, you know, planet's existence. Um, and like, I feel like under underneath all of this is this unsettling, like, uh, you know, knowledge that, everyone's been forced to accept that they have a heavenly father, that there's, it's always, everything is from a father's point of view, but we all know like men don't give birth. They're not, they're part of the creative process, but they're only one half of it. It's the mother that does the creation. So the universe can't be connect, created by a father. And this has to, on a subconscious level, really, really bother people, whether they're willing to accept it or not. If they, if they can get out of their, their ego, you know, if they can get, get through their ego and think about it, it's very, 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 uh, 
uh, unnatural statement to, to believe in such a thing. I mean, and you kind of nailed it. It's like, if you want to birth something into this realm, right? Something in your life you want to create, something you want to call in, it requires the feminine energy within you. She will be the birth, right? She is the womb of that creation. She nourishes the seed. So if you only rely on the masculine, you're going back to that quote about um, Brian Eno, Eno, um, of what was it? The, uh, control, but also to be carried. So if you, instead of the hustle, bustle, go, 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 do, do, do left brain, logic, reasoning, manipulation, force, fear, blah, 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 right. Money, 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 right. Money, money, money. If you get in, that's why these people that are talking so frigging fast, these marketers, ah, you know, I can just see like the lack, the repressed feminine, but like, they think they think that they have to keep that energy to to maintain what they have created but it, what they're doing is they're missing out on the natural um surrendering energy that all, makes creation so simple it's not difficult it doesn't have to be hard but the masculine if you're only focused on the masculine it will always feel hard it will always feel like grind because you've suppressed that feminine energy. Lawrence Vanderpost says the history of civilization appears to be a sorry, one-sided history of domination by man. Mm -hmm. Almost invariably, the basic cultural pattern has been the work of man. Whole areas of history are darkened by the ignorance of man of the truth that they can create only through the feminine and their own natures, just as they procreate in the world through woman alone. Whole areas of history are darkened by the ignorance of man. You know, you figure 2,000 years of a yearly masculine dominated society popes kings presidents prime ministers all all masculine even if it's a a queen or a uh you know a, a female uh you know prime minister they still rule with only a left brain dominant uh facts uh, figures, military, mm. you know, no creation. I mean, hell, some of the most brutal, uh, queen, uh, brutal people ever through the <laughs> British monarchy were queens. But it doesn't mean they weren't left brain dominant because women are just as left brain dominant as the man, the men are. But this symbol, talk about the symbol for a second. This is a symbol of Lilith. This is the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And these three archetypes work together to create a healthy masculine in the feminine archetype. I'll talk a little bit later about this, but this is a very sacred symbol here. So 
let's actually have this conversation about Lilith now, because this is very much attached to the heart, I would say, even of my work here at Sacred Anarchy, um, which has to do with the night side. And I know not, a lot of you guys um, know that I teach the tree of life. I uh, I teach astrology. I teach tarot, all the divination arts. But this one in particular, um, embracing your inner Lilith. And this, again, is not just for the ladies. This is for the masculines as well, that in order for us to truly start flexing this uh, this feminine unconscious mind, we've got to do some work. And so, as I mentioned, that symbol, the the crescent moons and the full moon, the the maiden, the mother, and the chrome, this has everything to do with Lilith because there are three archetypes that make up Lilith, which are the maiden, the mother, and the crone, and they exist and can be found in your astrological birth chart. So what you need to know uh, right now about Lilith is that she delivers enlightenment, sovereignty, and illumination to those who are strong enough to build a sacred relationship with her. Now, remember, Lilith is the masculine part of the divine feminine, okay? So if you break everything apart, even everything has a pull, okay? So even though we're talking about masculine and feminine mind, we're talking about right brain, left brain, we're talking about conscious, unconscious, but if I took just the feminine, I could still break that into two poles. I could take that feminine and say, there's a healthy masculine and a healthy feminine to make up the divine feminine, okay? This is what we're talking about. We're talking about Lilith, the masculine part of the divine feminine. Okay, so those who ignore the potency of this archetype that lives within you, they're going to experience the wrath of her energy, you know, and this is where this um, this stereotype of the bitch, right, um, or the, the egregore around mistress and things like that, you know, she was the one that whatever stole or whatever, the whole Adam and Eve thing, which is totally a false story anyway. But um, but it, it segregates the soul and the spirit. So until we work with this energy, um, there's this feeling of segregation within the feminine energy within us. So working with Lilith is going to give you a personal self-discovery of learning about this masculine part of your feminine energy. Okay. So number one, if you struggle from a physical ailment, Lilith is going to show you the way through it. So in addition to just the psychological benefits of working with the divine feminine, you're also going to see physical results. Second, if you're seeking greater confidence and clarity, maybe you're having trouble speaking your truth. See, a lot of us, we think that that has to, that has to be a masculine trait. Uh-uh. You need to have a healthy masculine pole in your divine feminine. So speaking your truth is not necessarily masculine in the divine masculine energy. It's part of your feminine. So we don't, we have a hard time even imagining that the feminine is strong and bold because Lilith has been suppressed. All right. So 
this is going to challenge you to look at your programming, right? Regenerate your self-worth. Um, if you're interested in strengthening your relationship with the spiritual world, Lilith will communicate through your dreams, offering messages you can't hear in the waking hours, because that's the whole thing about the divine feminine in general. You're going to have to work with that energy in a more esoteric way. It's not going to be literal. It's not going to be in a masculine way. So like I said, symbols, your dreams, all of those unconscious ways of communicating. So I wanted to give you guys um, a little intro here. Lilith, Temptress of Desires. This is one of my most popular workshops that is in the mystery school. It's six parts and it's a deep dive. It's very astrological in nature. I would even call this an astrology workshop. You will need to have your, your birth chart. So I do run through how to run your birth chart, but you're going to discover those three parts that make up Lilith the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And then there's several exercises that you're going to go through in order to start bringing them back into harmony. So if this uh, topic on Lilith interests you, um, I want to give you guys a special promo and discount for watching this live cast. If you want to take me up on this offer, you can email me at care at sacredanarchy.org and I will give you that information. And finally, I think it's time to close down tonight. If you haven't watched all of the live casts as we recommend, please do watch them all in order if you can. Um, you can gain access to all of our previous live casts by registering for a free membership at the Sacred Anarchy Mystery School. You can go to this bit.ly link, maybe take a screenshot, or you can go to sacredanarchy.org and get the link there. Any final words, hun, before we sign off today? Oh, no, just... Uh... Thanks for watching. Uh, subscribe and share. Um, tonight's talk was all about the unconscious and the divine feminine. And if you would like to get in touch with your own unconscious, I'd recommend uh, doing the practice of a daily dream journal. Mm. You know, what did you dream? Ask yourself before you go to bed. You know, I will tell yourself, I will remember my dreams. And in the morning, remember your dreams, you immediately jot them down. That will help you get in touch with your other, other parts of your mind. Um, if you play music, play music. If not, take up an instrument, <laughs> paint, draw, anything you can to, to, to be creative. And, you know, that's, that's my final, my final tip. Uh, Perfect. Until the next time, I own me, you own you, agape. Good night, everybody. I'm going to go